You have reached Road Talk, Navigating Your Journey, a ministry and podcast of the Discover Young Adults Ministry at the Preston Crest Church of Christ in Dallas, Texas. We meet at 945 on Sunday mornings, and we have small groups all throughout the week. We are located at Preston Road and Highway 635 in North Dallas. My name is Jacob Hawk. I'm the Young Adults Minister and the host of this podcast. It doesn't matter if you are single, dating, if you want to be dating, if you're married, if you want to be married, or if you're divorced, or if you're trying to figure out at what stage of life you are passing through. At the Discover Young Adults Ministry, we want to help you discover life, discover love, and discover the Lord. If I can help you or serve you in any way, or if I can pray for you, please email me at jacob at pressandcrest.org. Well, I want to welcome you back to Road Talk, Navigating Your Journey. I hope that you're having a great day, and we are beginning a new focus of a series today. It's under the same series of the topics that the Discover Young Adults had requested earlier in the year. We just finished a series on dating and marriage, and today we're going to begin a series on Christians and culture. If you did not hear the series on dating and marriage, I would encourage you to go back and listen to those episodes and get caught up with us to see where we are now, but we are going to pivot today and focus on a different perspective. We're living in a time where Christians struggle to know how to deal with culture, how to assimilate into culture, and we are always faced with that nagging battle of not allowing the culture to define the church, but rather having the church go into culture. And so we're going to talk about several different challenges that we face as Christians in culture. And there will be three main subjects in this series, Christians and tolerance, Christians and postmodernism, and Christians in politics. Today in this episode, we're going to begin this focus by discussing Christians and tolerance. What does that word tolerance mean? When you think about tolerance, what thoughts come to your mind or images come to your mind or your memory? Truthfully, the world wants to define tolerance today differently than probably what the word was originally intended to mean. But if you look up the definition for tolerance today, the academic definition is to allow the existence, occurrence, or practice of something that one does not necessarily like or agree with without interference. That's a very important part of that definition. You don't just allow the existence or the practice of something you don't agree with, but if you're truly tolerant, according to the world, you're not going to interfere. So based on that definition to allow the existence, occurrence, or practice of something that one does not necessarily like or agree with without interference. Based on that definition, how tolerant are Christians supposed to be? And how does the Bible describe that type of tolerance? Well, I think the answer is not what the world says we should be and not what the Bible says we cannot be. And there are some verses that are quoted in the world or by the world, to push this idea of tolerance that are taken out of context. And then there, then there are some verses that speak directly to how 
Christians should handle tolerance that we must consider. And so in today's episode, we're going to look at the verses that are incorrectly quoted first, and then we'll look at some verses that I think the Bible uses to address this idea of tolerance, of allowing the existence, occurrence, or practice of something that we may or may not agree with without interference. So let's begin with the verses that we would say would be taken out of context. The first one, a verse that almost everyone can quote, even people who are not believers, is Matthew 7, 1 through 2, when Jesus, during the Sermon on the Mount, says, Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. People love to say, don't you dare judge me, because who are you to say that I'm wrong? And that thinking goes hand in hand with that definition of tolerance. Do not interfere in my life. But that's not at all what Jesus was saying in Matthew 7 when Jesus said, do not judge. We have to be people who pass judgment on things to make decisions. And we do pass judgment on people based on solid evidence. You know, if someone walked into your room today or wherever you are listening to this podcast and they reeked of alcohol and they were slurring their words and they could not walk a straight line, no one would say it was judgmental of you or anyone else to say that that person was intoxicated. The evidence was there. Of course they are. But in today's world, if we say that someone is living a sin or if they are entrapped in a sin— Even when the evidence is there, it's judgmental for us to make such comment. And that's not at all what the Bible says about tolerance. In Matthew 7, 1, when Jesus was saying, do not judge, what Jesus was really saying was, do not condemn. In other words, we do not have the right to place someone else's soul in eternal torment based on our own objective definition. And most of the time, that's a subjective definition, by the way. We don't have the right to tell someone that they're going to hell. That's God's job. That will be God's decision. It is our job to help diagnose when sin is prevalent and to do our duty as Christians to help each other when we are involved in sin. But to know that someone is involved in sin, we must pass judgment. Someone once said, you can't judge a man until you walk a mile in his shoes. And that's true. But what if his shoes are wrong? Circumstances and convictions are not the same thing. Another verse that is used to say that we should be tolerant that's taken out of context is James 2.13. When James writes that judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. Mercy triumphs over judgment. People love to sing the last line of that phrase, that mercy triumphs over judgment, that in the end, mercy will win. And hopefully it will. But that's not the context of that chapter or that verse. James has just finished a passage talking about the differences between the rich and the poor and how they are perceived by the brethren who received the letter of James. James says that when a rich man walks through the door, the people say, here, have this seat. But when the poor people walk through the door, they are told to either sit on the floor or stand in the back of the room. And that's wrong. 
And that's why James writes, Mercy triumphs over judgment, and judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. James is addressing the problem of passing judgment on people based on their socioeconomic status. He is not talking about morals or ethics or biblical teachings. So let's talk about some verses, on the other hand, that do deal with this concept of tolerance and how we should approach it. Again, the definition of tolerance being to allow the existence, occurrence, or practice of something that one does not necessarily like or agree with without interference. Consider Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. When Paul says, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling that you have received. Live a life worthy of the calling that you have received. Does that verse acknowledge a standard for Christian conduct? It sounds like it. A life worthy of the calling you've received? So if the Bible describes a standard for Christian conduct, how does that mesh with the idea of tolerance? Or consider Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Does this verse establish that the world's way is wrong? Does it establish that God's way is right? It sounds like it. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's, that sure sounds like what Paul is indicating here. So if the Bible says that there's a right way, and that's God's way, and if the Bible says that there's a wrong way, and that's the world's way, how does that mesh with the idea of tolerance? Does it leave any room for allowing the existence, occurrence, or practice of the world's pattern in our lives without interference? Doesn't sound like it. Or what about James 5, 19 and 20? I love this great little verse as James concludes his book when he says, My brothers, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring him back, remember this, whoever turns a sinner from the error of his way will save him from death and cover over a multitude of sins. What a beautiful thought and a beautiful imagery for the power that we can have in each other's lives in the family of God. But this idea of Bringing someone back who's wandered away from the truth, does that encourage Christians to speak up when they see someone traveling down a dangerous path? How are you going to bring them back if you don't speak up? So if the Bible encourages us to speak up and to bring someone back, how does that mesh with the idea of tolerance? Do we not interfere if we try to bring them back? I think we do. There's one more verse that I think is important to consider, and it's a great description of grace that we find in Titus chapter 2, verses 11 and 12. Most of the time when we talk about grace, we talk about mercy, we talk about forgiveness, we talk about receiving something that we do not deserve, and those are all wonderful descriptions of grace because they are biblically true. But there's another description of grace that's not as popular. Paul says, The grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, and it teaches us to say no to ungodliness and to worldly passions, and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives 
in this present age. One of the purposes of grace is to teach us to say no to what we want and to say yes to what God wants. Grace is not just about forgiveness. Grace is also about doing the right thing. Love is not tolerance. Love is telling the truth. You can't really love someone if you allow them to continue to travel down a dangerous path. In fact, Paul says in Ephesians 4.15, Speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is, Christ. Based on the world's definition of tolerance, and based on the biblical description of how we handle sin, Christians really cannot be tolerant of the wrong thing. But we are to be people who always have the courage to not only speak the truth, but to speak the truth in love. As always, thank you for spending some of your time today with us here at Road Talk. Keep your eyes on heaven, and I look forward to talking with you next time.